life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Jess. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. And Nicole. Hola. Oh, hola. And I'm okay. <laughs> Hi. Hi, everybody. Oh, you could have said ah. Buenos, Buenos noches. noches. Yeah, yeah noches. and I, was, yeah. I had it locked up, so like we have conflicting conflicting uh, reports on the time of on the time of uh, day but we uh, live in different I mean, areas we are three hours is, apart so. yeah it's buenos dias for jess buenos noches for us buenos what's buenos tardis is that afternoon that could be you could yeah. do that too yeah yeah tonight we are doing a host pick episode uh, is it gonna be in spanish is it gonna be in spanish <laughs> no, actually has nothing to do with spanish at all uh it's a host pick episode for listeners who don't know one of the four hosts here once a month will pick uh something for the other three to watch and then we talk about it in a more loose fashion doesn't have to be a traditional movie it can be a documentary youtube clip tiktok a short film pretty much anything that's around movie length or shorter and uh, yeah we all have we, we all take our turns and it's back around to myself and uh i didn't have anything locked and loaded so i just went into the vault of my my favorite some of my favorite movies uh there came down to two and mama k blind selected this beasts mm. of the southern wild beasts of the You're southern wild welcome so, everybody so well <laughs> compared to what you could have picked which will probably be at some other time um we'll, we'll do a compare and contrast when that comes up and it's Oh, future yeah. months but uh beast of southern wild uh nicole you've seen this before because i made you watch this pretty early <laughs> on into our dating that's right <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh, okay. so not no resonance feel for that a lot of memory for beast of southern wild all right uh mama k and jess any knowledge of this going in at all i think i kind of remember talk about when it came out what is it in like 2012 but i've never watched hmm. it before i don't and when you told me what it was when i blind selected it i was like oh that's in my queue and then i realized what was in my queue was something like dancing with the wildebeests or something like that <laughs> which is totally different <laughs> yeah i don't know what dancing with the wildebeest that's probably not even the real name of whatever you have in your queue so you, <laughs> you know it's not know. you know it's not the real name beast of no nation perhaps no i saw it. that one i like that one yeah uh, same uh, musical director, actually, uh, Dan Romer. Oh. So, oh, anyway, he likes, that, beasts. he likes beasts. <laughs> he's a, he's a beastly man. Uh, that'll give a synopsis <laughs> on this before we get into spoilers. In a forgotten but defiant bayou community, cut off from the rest of the world by a sprawling levee, a six-year-old girl exists on the brink of orphanhood, buoyed by her childish optimism and extraordinary imagination. She believes that the natural world is balanced with the universe until a fierce storm changes her reality. I don't know. How, I mean, it's hard to say what it's about other than it's about it's about our this little kid who goes around in the bayou. So uh, that's that's a good jumping off point. If you have not seen it, it's on HBO Max. You can rent it on Prime. Uh, is it on Hulu? One okay, did you check, or is it just on HBO Max? I I watch it on HBO Max. So uh, HBO Max. There you go. Rental on Prime. Uh, otherwise. Uh, yeah, so we are going to spoil it here now. No structure to this show other than, uh, you know, we talk about things that I want to talk about. Uh, I will <laughs> go first and say this is one of my top 10 favorite films of all time. It's uh, I wouldn't wow. have thought that. I don't like watching this. I'm not like this is a total Brennan movie. I would think this is one that you would just say is good to OK. I don't I never would have yeah. raved yeah. about it. 
It uh, it struck it struck me so hard the first time I saw it, which I, I I used to have a very large DVD collection. I just kind of blind buy stuff that I hear is decent, and when it's under three dollars, I go and buy it. Not so much anymore because not as many used DVD stores around where I am, and you know can't really go outdoors as much, and, and everything's <laughs> streaming now. So I I kind of stepped away. But this was during that era, and uh, struck chord with me immediately, like in a wholly unexpected way. Um, it's, uh, I love this, the music and the transformative world. Our lead actress is like the best child performance I think I've ever seen. Uh, she also is the youngest, uh, nominee for an Academy Award, uh, and still the only one to this day to have been born in the 21st century. Uh, she yeah. was nominated when she was nine. She was six when she filmed this. She was five when yeah. she auditioned. She lied. She lied about her age to get an audition. And uh, the director Ben Zeitlin was so impressed with her performance, he changed parts of the character in the script to match this young girl. Oh, child labor laws to fit her in there. So she six, wanted... <laughs> big difference between six and five, apparently, if you're a child yeah, actor. But <laughs> the the audition called for six to six year old to nine year old, and she mm. was five. And yeah, Quavenjane Wallace, who is uh, she was Annie in the remake of Annie. She's also a recurring character oh, from Blackish. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, and then uh, I'll talk more about the other guy, uh, the other actor in this. Dwight Henry is the name of him. Uh, when we get to some charactery kind of stuff, but I just want to get your overall thoughts. I kind of know what Nicole thinks because I've seen it with her twice, and it sounds like she can't remember either time very well. Uh, so <laughs> let's start with Jess. What did you think? What's your first impressions of Beasts? So when I first looked it up on the internet, I saw that the description was fantasy, and it was about like this little girl, and I was like, this is kind of giving me wrinkle in time vibes and i know brennan hates wrinkle in time so i do hate wrinkle in time a lot <laughs> it, it, i do not like that movie <laughs> it is nothing like it but it's just like a, a similar little girl in like a fantasy kind of movie but watching this it, it nothing really about it is fantasy except for the giant hogs that's really it i think everything else is pretty <laughs> reality driven except for these like tremendous giant hogs anyway i i think it's uh i think it's just like Good to great. I, I don't think I would say that it's like my favorite movie, um, but it, it definitely wasn't bad. I appreciate it was only 90 minutes. Um, I, I liked <laughs> it was very unique and I liked seeing the little girl's story. I mean, she was such a kick ass character. Um, it, it really made you think about these little tiny communities and and I'm sure they exist in real life. And if they go through the same kind of thing and then just just seeing how different people live is it's just so eye-opening. All right, good, good place to start. I, that, I'll, I will take that. Mama K, you, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm running along the same lines as, as Jess. I really, um, it's a really quaint, it's not really quaint. It's a, it's a slice of life movie, though. I mean, this is something that you just don't see every day. It's not, it's not a lifestyle that a lot of people lead. Um, but I firmly believe that there are people out there doing this type of thing and, uh, sort of living parallel to us at the same time, you know, people who just sort of live like we normally do, which is, you know, you go to work, well, pre-COVID, you go to work, you come home, you go to the movies, you see your friends, you drink, you, you know, what, you know, do stuff. And these people actually just go and live their life and everything sort of makes sense to them. Um, and they, they make sense, their world makes sense in the, the bigger picture and agree that fantasy is 
I feel like it's a really loose fantasy because outside of the giant beast hogs, there's not a lot. I mean, she talks to her mom who is not um, there and there's a little bit around the mom. I guess it's a little fantasy oriented, but uh, otherwise it's just sort of a straightforward movie about this little girl. I'm glad that it's not Wrinkle in Time. I didn't think about that, but glad, also glad no, that I it's not I would never make anyone that watch movie. that. That is atrocious. <laughs> Dude, I like that movie. Yeah, this is very <laughs> opposite that. Um, but yeah, I, the same type of, uh, feeling I think that, that Jess had, I, I liked it. I thought it was a good, a good movie and, and interestingly done. It's, you know, it's unique. Nicole, your thoughts? Yeah, I can, I can pretty much jump on this bit on this wagon here with this. Um, I, I like the way that they portray this community. It's very foreign to a lot of us. I imagine that, you know, not all of us live this way, so tightly knit within their community and so reliant on each other for things, um, which is interesting to watch um, just how, you know, a simple woman that lives in the area can care for and do anything for these children that are all around, you know? So it was nice to see that everybody had everyone's backs pretty much you know when this horrible storm happens and they lose a good portion of their town and they lose a lot of people and a lot of people flee and the ones that you know decide to stay they all band together and make something out of what they can which is just really a nice feeling to watch i mean i'm curious to think of why you think do you think this is like fantastical because you think it won't happen or like why like what i'm what curious fantasy what Brendan, about it yeah like, yeah i'm curious of what what Brendan's i see in it like are. so much yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm curious about what you think about this that puts it over the top for you rather than it just being a um day in the life type of movie to something that people are not familiar with i mean there are some some parts in it you know the the relationship of the father and um hush puppy like uh, that may be able to give it to you but i'm curious to see what you think what does it for me the most and the biggest criticism i have for this the only thing that i don't think is above the grade in every way is the literal story is very loose because you're just you don't really know what's going on because you're following just this little girl and i'm trying to think back to the first time once you get to the middle part of when they're blowing up the dam and they get taken away to like a homeless shelter for refugees and like all that middle stuff can seem a bit like lost and loose uh but what i like about it that they choose to do it is that this whole thing is through the eyes of a six-year-old and the way she describes these things that are going on are so different and they're and the her her uh, her um and the narrative over the movie is really like poetically written and i love the way what she how she compares things oh, that opening scene when uh the their like the opening credits where like the the music's playing and they're going in on the town and they're having just like a parade it sounds like every she says every day is a holiday here we have more holidays than the rest of the world put together and the way she described like at one point in the in that little opening part they're racing babies like they're racing babies yeah. and putting them on like a mat and everyone's drunk and yelling and the babies are crying but this like whimsical like spirited music is playing and like to, like you could just switch the music and it would be like a horror movie it'd be like oh my god what is this barbaric like bayou wait community a minute, wait, a minute, wait a minute you've never seen racing babies before i've never <laughs> seen racing baby have you have you guys seen racing babies 
Um, not really. Yeah. Jess, racing baby. Okay, they, they okay. So what's never, ha- never have games. I ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never been uh, a privet to any racing babe. Like this oh, looks they like do a... it at, they do it at sports events. At sports it... events, yeah, that's the whole thing. I I've seen racing babies. I've seen it seems to be a sporting event thing where there's like dads racing babies, right? <laughs> This... Yeah, it's the first kid to to crawl over the finish line. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the kids don't seem into it though because all the parents are aggressively drunk and <laughs> well, yelling. I'm wondering why at they just everybody. got thrown in there with a bunch of other children. <laughs> well, the thing that I like about that is that they have numbers on their diapers. Like the yep. people aren't going to know which baby's theirs <laughs> or what is going on. Don't forget, your baby is number two. <laughs> but the way she's when she's watching that, and if you know, she's taking like swigs of out of a bottle that's some sort of like liquor mix, I think, because it's the right. bottle that Wink's always drinking out of. Wink is the father, and so she's clearly not. But she's watching. She's like, in the dry land, they got their babies locked up in carriages, and we got them free down here. And it shows these crying babies crawling around in circles while drunk. Like, like to uh, to her, this is just like like this is regular and like everything's fine. Uh, when right. when her um, if dad don't come back soon, I'll start eating my pants. And then she cooks dog food with. She has. Uh, I love the the freezer is. She opens that scene where she opens the freezer and she pulls out a helmet. And you're like, what the fuck? I thought she was like making food because she's pouring dog food in a thing. And she picks up like a blowtorch and just like that's how she lights the stove and it puts the helmet back in. It's sprinkled with little stuff like that where I'm just it's like, really it's so wild. It's it, it's it's it's, it's, it's the southern wild. It's and like she for sure. Yeah, that's true. She's a six year old who acts like all this stuff is normal. And when we're watching it. We like I buy her so much, and that's why I think her performance is the best child performance I've ever seen because she's six years old, and I believe that this is her so much. And you know, at the end, there's obviously going to be tears coming out. Um, the music is really good. I love all of this like swampy kind of music. Uh, and there's I want to start off with more from you guys on the character of her father, Wink, played by Dwight Henry, who I'll give a little more background to as we go. But uh, what do you think of him as a father, as a member of this community? What's his deal? Do you like him? Like, how do you feel about Wink? Because it's probably kind of a mixed opinion. I'll I'll go back to Mama Kay first. What do you think? Yeah, I think Wink fits in really well with this community. I think he's probably exactly what every other father is there. Um, looking at it from the outside, he is horribly, you know, mentally abusive to this child and physically at times a too. little physically yeah physically yeah. abusive i and it's hard to for because we have a different sort of set of what we think dad should do and what the values of that are it's hard for me to even actually think whether he does love her or not i think he does but i think that takes most of the movie for me to really um come to that conclusion but i think that people back people in this town or in this in this bathtub what it's called the bathtub they're there and this is how they live and it's and we can't this just shows you how much you really can't compare what your culture does to what another culture does even though this is right smack in america it's an american culture Uh, i don't doubt things like this happen today and so i think of when i'm watching this i'm thinking of like when there's hurricane katrina and all those things and we're you know, they show the news and they're like, well, look at that crazy person that stayed and stood on top of their house. Right. And I'm like, that's what these people are. These people are just like, this is my space and I will die here rather than 
you know go live in the shithole that was the homeless shelter right and and have somebody else determine my fate i mean that's what it belongs to these people really believe in the ultimate freedom and in best days it's how fun is it to ride around in that little whatever that is the back of a sawed off truck that somehow oh his boat it's tr- like a floating yeah. truck bed, truck bed. <laughs> yeah. i'm just like oh my god as a kid that would have been a dream my god yes um but i just think that that's it's you know i don't want to judge him as a father because they're it's it's like judging it's you know it's a judging another culture and she obviously knew how to take care of herself and i think you had to and not just her i feel like everybody was sort of that way um, while they do take care of one another, there is this sort of self-sufficiency, self-preservation piece about all the characters that kind of comes out for me. Um, I do like that they're always, you know, a community together no matter what they do. So, yeah, I kind of cut them some slack. I, I'm I'm not sure that that's what you were expecting from me, but I, I do. I wasn't sure either. And, like, I, you know, I, I like him so much throughout this, you know, seeing it over and over again and picking up more and more of him. But Nicole, your thoughts on Wink? Um, I actually, I like him too, even though he's kind of rough around the edges, obviously, and some of the scenes that we see him in, but if something tells me that he grew up in probably a worse situation than what's going on with them. Um, yeah. And he's just l- literally doing the best he can. I think he even tells a story about when he saw, um hush puppy's mom i think that he didn't know she was pregnant and um she would like turned around one day and there was this baby (laughs) and and, uh, (laughs) he was like okay so i guess i have a kid now and i'm just trying to take care of a kid and like i mean let's be honest there's really not the means to do that well in this type of situation they've got a lot of shit in the houses and everything like uh it's just not the ideal place it doesn't look like that they had the perfect setup so for him trying to do the best he can um and he's a single father you know i mean yeah learned and learned all these exactly and he learned all these means of life from somebody who was seems like was probably a lot worse to him and trying to just raise this daughter that he probably has no idea what the fuck he's doing. He looks like he seems like he has some sort of alcoholism, cirrhosis problem or something. So on top of that, I mean, you got to cut the guy some slack. He's doing the best he can to try to raise this girl and keep her safe. So I, I, I like him. There's also like we we always I always forget watching it until I see them. There's three other kids that like are just like around, and yeah. I don't think they're anyone's yeah. kids. Like right. after yeah, remember the, storm the one hits, girl is like well right after the storm, the one girl is basically like on the brink of death, and they're like holding her, and they're like okay, come back to life now. And she, <laughs> she pops up, and it's like oh good, she's fine. The yeah, the <laughs> teacher is also like right. like a witch doctor, and she has yes. like all these runes yeah. and stuff that she she feeds them, which is is pretty sweet. But like yeah, I, like when we see them for the first time, the other three kids i don't i I always forget like how how do they all get together afterwards and like it's because they go to the schoolhouse which is like broken off and is floating and the three kids are just in there like they're just like like no there's no parents like they just like got abandoned or like they like separated or something but like they're i I don't even think they're any of the other survivors kids they're just kind of so i guess you know i mean honestly the the parents might have left without them who knows like yeah we're leaving (laughs) or they just didn't make it out yeah, um, yeah, another possibility. What do you think of uh, Wink, Jess? I think I'm a little stricter with Wink than you guys are. Uh, he definitely <laughs> is 
not paternal. It's it's not a word I would describe <laughs> him as. He I he doesn't really look at Hush Puppy more of as his like kin. I think he just looks at her more as his responsibility. I mean, sometimes he definitely is a- affectionate and there are some nice bonding moments, but sometimes he really does like abuse the shit out of her. So I I kind of feel bad that she's stuck in this situation because she's such like a brave and fierce little girl. I wish she had more of someone that would recognize that in her and just kind of like build up her character because I think she's just confused about what she's doing and why she's there and her purpose and I think she has so much more to offer if she had more guidance then I think she'd be a little more settled. Not to say she needs the help because she really is an awesome kid but I mean, I I think from an abuse perspective, I do feel a little bad for her. But if you think of Wink more as, like, a community leader, I think he's definitely strong in that point. Like, he he brings people together. Everyone admires him. Everyone likes him. Um, He'll do, I think, anything for, like, the people. Um, But it... It's it's hard. And he's definitely bipolar, too. I don't know if you guys saw that, but... He has a lot of layers. (laughs) He is a very layered character. He's had a lot of a lot of problems. Uh, the uh, the actor too is uh, so Dwight Henry is has never he this is his first acting job. He was not an actor before this. Uh, ben Zeitl, director Ben Zeitlin and the writer who's the co writer on this and who wrote the one act play this is based on Juicy and Delicious. That's Lucy Alibar. Uh, Zeitlin Alibar and a couple other of the film people would go to this bakery across the street from their studio while they were putting the piece together. And the guy who owned the bakery was Dwight Henry. And he would develop like a friendship after a couple months. And he would read lines with them. And one day Ben was just like, I think you should be this guy. And he, he seemed like, yeah, he was just, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that's what they're going with but like interviews with Henry after like Henry was in his bakery was in Louisiana uh, he was in Katrina when Katrina hit and uh, his ho- home was destroyed and his first memory was in living in New Orleans during Hurricane Betsy when he was two years old mm. and his first memory is his parents lifting him onto the roof during a hurricane so it was just kind of serendipitous that they found this guy who was not an actor just owned the bakery they liked to go to he had all this experience with hurricanes and like living in louisiana it's pretty and they're just like you want to you want to be this guy and i think he's pretty good i think he's like real convincing as this as this uh alcoholic charismatic some abusive ish uh community leader uh who is completely unhinged and uh, but is i think i think in the end i think wink is a respectable it's maybe not the right word admirable character a forgivable character but yeah the wink wink uh and hush puppy carry carry this low there are a bunch of other characters too who i also like like uh yeah. there's walrus and tilu who are that's like the couple that runs the shop uh that of uh, runs is a strong what word. even shop i mean you say <laughs> runs and shop neither one of those things is correct but they're not wrong so it's, i mean it's it seems like it's where they keep all their shit stored like for, right. like for yeah like store For's yeah stuff. whatever i also like uh peter t the guy the, peter uh, the other the old best. Yeah. <laughs> with the glasses and then the little yes. i love what he first you ain't leaving are you t i'm afraid of no damn storm and he picks his umbrella full of holes up and he's shaking it around 
<laughs> that's another thing is like the comedy in this movie really works for me that that scene the hush puppy blow torching the thing i like when wink <laughs> loses his shit and starts shooting his shotgun off at the storm he's like i ain't afraid of you storm uh <laughs> the even like uh, the teacher is really funny like without yeah. intending to be her intro the intro scene to her is meat everything's made out of meat i'm meat I'm yo ass is meat. meat and then yeah she throws throws her thigh up on the table like this is an aurochs. It used to live in the ice times, and and like you think those cave people were a bunch of pussies? And, like uh, uh, this is the teacher. <laughs> this is yeah, the, you kind of get the, the feeling the... like none of this is yeah. That's she's not part of the teachers' association. No, like at one she point, is the well, teachers' she... association. <laughs> at one point, Hush Puppies left there after like days of her father not showing up she's like you hungry you need anything and the hush baby's like no i'll be okay okay she just gets on her fan boat and goes right. somewhere i don't even know where she goes <laughs> uh th- but like there's a, there's a lot of good like comedy in this too for it being pretty you know whimsical but pretty heavy dramatic stuff going on and i next thing i wanted to kind of talk about was some of the stuff that i could see people having problems with in this and that's uh the blowing up of the dam into the getting picked up by the people. And then after that, they, you know, do the escape run. And then when they return, they go to like the island or like the, not the island. They go to like the girls, um, girls, the kids girls. go to the, the kids go to girls, 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 which is, yeah, yeah. like Bayou prostitution place. Uh, so I, I starting with like that middle chunk is I, I guess I kind of want to hear some of your criticisms because you guys obviously don't love it as much as I do. You just you're all kind of on the goodish scale, but uh, some some criticisms. I'll uh, start with Nicole. What do you got? No idea what part you're talking about for that last thing. I didn't see that. You were you were fading <laughs> out. I was trying to keep you um, awake. You were fading I out. I mean, I I I completely <laughs> remember the damn scene and and the events that followed that, but um doesn't really make much sense that they did that <laughs> i mean it's kind of goofy i mean it's kind of that's this is more when the fa- fantasy part comes in for me like the, fact the that reality they stuff is the fantasy stuff like well i mean can this even really honestly happen can someone just create this fake alligator bomb and just make <laughs> bomb, it, bomb. I, people can make homemade explosives so assuming they were able to make homemade explosives and like nobody if they got and, and blew injured, up a dam nobody got injured in the water from it like it just that part doesn't make any sense to me. I didn't really like it that much. Um, well, what's his name? Did lose the detonator. That could have been fatal. Oh, oh yeah, walrus. Peter T. <laughs> no, not walrus. Peter. Oh no, T. Peter T. T lost. Yeah. It. That's right. All you oh, gotta yeah, do is hold this. Dropped. Okay, uh, I dropped it. I'm sorry. And he's just gonna I'm leave. Sorry. Because the- <laughs> I know. It's useless. I don't know why they just gonna leave him at home. <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. What did they need him for? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that this movie has some sort of political background to it of what this means for people that live in a uh, poor area or something, but I'm not in the mood to get into all that because it, I don't really care that much. It's just <laughs> an f- interesting scene to watch. Um, and it is very sad that so many people are in this homeless shelter and they feel like they're not getting the correct care that they need and things like that when they're probably better off in there, honestly. So it's hard to watch people having to leave their safe space because they can't fix what's broken and they see like 
dead things floating around in what was essentially their backyard. So that's tough. To be honest, I have no idea what you're talking about, about the girls being prostituted off. I totally <laughs> missed that part. So you're going to have to refresh me on that. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll, keep, well I'll go to Jess. Oh, okay, on, on those parts. But uh, yeah, Jess, what do you, what do you, what do you have any uh, critiques for this middle chunk or anything else that, you know, didn't quite work for you? So like that, Dirty speakeasy is what I'm going to call it. Um, there you go. That part totally reminded me of Rugrats because it's like the kids went on their own adventure and the parents just didn't care and was like, oh, whatever. And then the kids like do something wild and crazy and go on this like unrealistic adventure and come back home and everything's fine. No question. No like Rugrats, uh, Rugrats the first movie when they get all the bananas and the, and the yeah, train. Like, and... First off, they just saw a boat and they're like, all right, let's, let's swim to it. It looked like it was miles and miles away. Somehow they got to it. They went to that dirty speakeasy, met some people. But how did they get back? Like There was, there I guess was that no... that tugboat captain brought them back? I, I guess so. But he was ready it, to go. I, I feel like that was a bit of a stretch. I, I, and I, I like the scene where they got taken to the hospital slash social services because you see Hush Puppy like dressed up in like a nice dress <laughs> and you know that they're probably going to take her to like an orphanage or a foster home or something. And you wonder for a second, like, do you think like, oh, like this might be kind of cool to like interact with other kids and learn some stuff or is she just going to uh, rebel and go she back to She looks like she dad? hates it. Yeah, I couldn't tell honestly. I there was just that scene in her in that like Victorian looking dress, and I'm just like, is this going to be a turn, or is she just going to rip off that dress and try to escape? And she she just followed the community, which is predictable. That's what they do. Yeah, and I liked the um where she thinks she meets her mom or someone like similar to her mom because that even emphasizes Mm -hmm. like she really has like no affection, and that's what she's lacking. And when she, like, has that, like, like little love moment with her, it's like, oh, I wish, like, she had more of that at home because you could tell, like, she's really yearning for something like that and she just can't find it. Yeah. All right. That's, that's not bad. Um, okay. Do you have, have any thoughts on those couple of scenes or any criticisms other, other than any of that? I don't know that I have any real criticisms for the movie. I think those scenes are, are necessary to kind of uh, solidify the difference of their community and how, you know, mm-hmm. people in general usually approach these kind of situations like a Katrina. Um, That's how I took it is because we spent this hour building up that this world is not like our world, like in so right. many ways that alligator bombs and like attacking <laughs> doctors and running away, like from right. and like, uh, like that's just, we we see Wink earlier in the movie in a gown. He must've escaped from some other hospital. Like that's right. where he yeah, was taken. That obviously. was also a question. Like who, how did he get there? Who diagnosed him? How did he leave? Like, I mean, yeah. Well, because we we take it all from we take it all from her point of view, so she doesn't right. see like the horrifying things they probably have to do to like they probably steal a bunch of shit. Like they they probably have shifts where they go into town and like grab old shit out of dumpsters and like panhandle and and I'm sure yeah some of them get picked up for crazy disorderly behaviors and then they get taken to like a psych ward or something and then they try to escape and then they run back and it then, is unusual. I just kind of. I'm- the thing about the community that is a little unusual is even though I think we kind of sort of all had said that they sort of take care of each other and all of that. I mean, they don't at that point at all. She is left to her own devices and for however much time he's gone. 
So I find that to be a little, um, I don't know, a little shaky. Why didn't, you know, one of the the mercantile people come and get her, the two, the well, couple, but he couldn't uh, even stand I mean, you up. think Wink's not a fit parent. I don't know if they're, <laughs> they're pretty, I don't know if yeah, they're Yeah, but I mean, there's not, so I, I would think that in a community where there was, he you won- know what, <laughs> He walked out of the, he walked out of the business that went after the flood, and he walked all right. <laughs> oh yeah, he walked right off into the water. <laughs> you think must, he can go? I help? must have passed out. <laughs> yeah, they go in. It's just filthy, and that one lady just passed out of the table. They pulled her out, and she's all smiling, still like fucked up. And she's like, "Oh my god, that was a crazy storm last night." <laughs> right. Okay. So. Maybe this is part of the fantasy of the fantasy of this movie. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I, I think we, I think it's, it's good to have those, those, you know, realistic moments. And then when you have them, the, the people from like FEMA come by and basically like, you guys need to get out of here. And you have probably a good portion of the people who go. And then what you're left with is what we see with in the movie. So um, we're really seeing a really disparate part of, of this uh, community. So, um, and I love, I love the scene. I mean, I understand that it is very Rugratsy, but I love it where all of a sudden those four kids mm-hmm. are just like, I see that light. You see that light? I see that light. Let's go. I got <laughs> one. Li- I have a life preserver. Let's head out, you know, and they go yeah. and it does. It looks miles away because if it looks miles away, it's 25 miles away. So they swam and swam and got to tugboat Captain Andy. And then, you know, he had a little something to say to her about his how... whole pile of like egg and cheese wrappers or whatever. He's like, <laughs> gotta keep them around to remind me of the good old times. And like, uh, hey, he might just be a weird hoarder. But I saw that part. Yeah. That's really interesting, <laughs> though. I find all of that really interesting. And that's all stuff that you could probably really delve into and talk about kind of too much, you know? Uh, yeah, I, point, I won't make the us point do of that it. deep of a dive. Yeah, yeah, but you could, and I do, and I, I could, like when they get to the place, and I think that um, I think that's her mom. I really do think that's her mom, and I don't know that she cares to. I don't know that the mom cares to embrace the fact that this might be her daughter. You know, I don't know. She doesn't even seem to think that's a possibility. Like she, like she doesn't. No, but she makes think. the she makes the crock fitters and takes them back, yeah. and then there and then there's no crying, but everyone's crying, and you know that's the moment. You know that's the thing. So mm-hmm. um, I she, like that's why I think like, that scene matters too. When she had that tattoo in her face, I was wondering, like in that first scene where she's shooting the alligator, I wonder if I looked back and I saw if she had a tattoo in her face and it would be uh... the same or not, but. I didn't That's rewind, but I thought about that. Huh, I did not remember. I did not think to do that after however like dozen times I've watched this. I'm still not really sure if she's if if that's her or not. I don't either, think she is. Yeah. Uh, before before I move on to, because I want to talk about the literal beasts, uh, real quick on kind of following up on the rest of that. Is it okay that they're living like this? Like we get it through her point of view, and you guys kind of already a little bit talked about your stances. But is it okay they live like this, or should they have been taken away, a little higher security to make sure they don't run back to this abandoned site? Make sure the kids get on that bus to go away. Uh, you know, is the, is it okay that they live like this, or does society have to step in? Uh, go back to Jess. Uh, I think everyone knows what I'm going to say. I think society has to step in um, only because they're children and, you know, they need to learn if they want to be free of this community, like consciously in their free will, when 
they're older, like they're going to be so set back because they don't know how to read. They don't know how to write. If they really want to like be something like they, they can't because they were deprived from that um, when they were little. So I think purely from like an education standpoint, like they you're kind of halted and you're kind of stuck at that point. To them, this is freedom. And society is the is the trap man yeah but like that uh, <laughs> they see it as like exactly they, they they're only born knowing this and if they ever wanted to be some something else right. it'd be very difficult for them to do yeah when you throw the kids in there that gets tougher when these adults are like just fucking yeah when it's adults like, yeah, I, I don't care do? if they had a choice and they chose this whatever that's your fault but if a kid was born <laughs> into this then i definitely feel bad for the kid well isn't that what you think might have happened to wink and he exactly. got stuck there yeah, how yeah, far I don't know. back do you have to go? Like, I think you have to yeah, go back no generationally and from. figure out. <laughs> I think Wink comes from exactly where they are. I think. That's uh, his... I feel like Wink comes from a from a like a low income housing, like abusive relationship, but in society, I think he, I think he found them. I don't, I don't get the feeling he was born and raised there. Some because he, the, I feel like the people born and raised there are some of the other people. I think they have a cheerier disposition um, than he does. I think he, he's like a man scorned by by past. I don't know if the yeah, other people, I think he's the, so resistant because he kind of knows what the other side is like, and he prefers this. That's yeah, possible. and he, he was dealt a bad hand on the other side, so he thinks this this society doesn't care about me. This these the swamp society, they're the one. These is the people who care about me. They let me do what right. I want. We get to hang out, you know, and you no know, one's telling me what to do, and Drink no one's as much like, as I want. hurting me. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, it's hard with the adults, but Mama K, do you think it's okay for the society to go on? I think it's a. I think it's so tricky because it's um, you've got kids maybe what do you do? You take them as their infants because otherwise these kids that are already this age, you know, the kids are probably what between the ages of six and 10 or 11 and you put them in foster care and we know what happens. It's like, there's not, there's no magic bullet for this. This is not, this is a bad deal no matter what you do. So, you know, I think putting them into the shelter where other people are from Katrina that are probably, you know, Katrina, when Katrina came, it hit, an area that was a low income area. So that's the kind of people that were going to be in this shelter. So you have people that society quote already that already belong to society and society quote already takes care of, but this is what they're, this is where they're at. Like, how is that? How many steps above? Yeah. This is the bathtub is this. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, it's, this is like getting into everything that you think of uh, as, as your life. This gets into, you know, politics and freedom and it's there's no answer there's no easy answer you can't Mm -hmm. you know these you i don't know you're going to be lucky if there if there's a happy ending for anybody so all right mama k loves the swamp libertarian hillbillies uh what do you think of this (laughs) i don't think that's what i said at all but okay (laughs) no i'm 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 projecting uh do you what nicole what what do you think of this society is it okay Um, or yeah i'm totally on the same page as uh, mama k is on this you can't it's impossible to say because you could have the people that live there be fully happy and right on the outside of it see that 
that's not the best life they could be living. But to them, that's this is the best life they've ever known. Um, it totally comes down to the politics of it. We can even look at modern day and see how long it's been taken still untouched that Flint, Michigan doesn't have clean water. And what are we saying about that? That's a society within that we can help. It's the same yeah, thing. How is that not out. taken care of? How is right. that not taken care of? Right. And so. how are like the people that were affected by Hurricane Katrina taken so long to rebuild their, their places and and all, all their shit's still gone. And, and it's like so hard to if you're not someone in government power that can make a difference of this. So you can't even have you can't even say anything because, you know, it's just so sad to see what hasn't been done already. And it's such it's too big. It's too big. Yeah, it's a, a huge. It's too big of a problem to have a mm-hmm. uh, yeah silver bullet for. But um, I, I I do. It's another one of the hush puppies' little sayings that she says throughout her narration, and it's at the same time funny and sad and disturbing. And it's her line that uh, when when Wink has got uh got all the t- uh, breathing tubes and he's in a hospital bed, he's like, uh, Dad told me if that when the when the people on the mainland get sick, they plug them into the wall, and if yeah, got too I like si- that. And if, and if that's that's the I love that writing. It's so, that's such a good way for that's such a perfect. That's how this six year old child would see who's lived in this community would see this thing. Is this is like a mo- monstrous robotic thing they're doing to him? Right. And I, I like her. The, if he said, my daddy says, if there's a day where he can't catch f- catfish and drink beer, to just put him in the back of his boat and set yeah. it on fire. And <laughs> and I'm like. Okay, that's a little funny, just like, and then also very disturbing that you would tell your child, probably drunkenly after hitting her, if I ever get too sick, just throw me in the water and blat me on fire. Like, oh, okay, but it's also very like kind of beautiful in like that. Like this is you know, super she's, they pragmatic. See the, yeah, like just <laughs> just put me put me in a boat, set me on fire, which. We're in spoilers that uh, that we we do see something like that. It's crazy how she sees like being plugged in the wall as such a bad thing, but she has no idea like her lifestyle is being prone to a lot of disease and infection. That right. she that doesn't even she doesn't even think of that. No, she thinks like like who cares if we're sick because we're partying every day. This is this is living life. Like who cares if right. we have a longer life sitting in this bed attached to the wall that's not worth it so yeah, it's another i mean that's perspective. a legitimate perspective so yeah some people you know end of life treatment there are there are you know revision revised rules on how how people want to spend their their final days but uh before we get to closing thoughts because i could talk about this forever but i'll do just one more topic and it's a pretty important one and as all of like the big theme and stuff tied into it and it's the whimsical aspect and it's the beasts there are these large frozen beasts that at the beginning of the movie when like a earthquake kind of thing happens a large chunk of an ice shelf falls off into the water you know this is a hush puppy senses this. she hears heartbeats in the movie like she has like a extra sensory thing about nature uh and we get cuts of them doing different things first they thaw out we see them in a pack destroying a town we see them get sick and they eat the one of their own and then finally at the end of the movie uh they conf- uh, hush puppy has to confront like the, the lead one so what are these beasts what do they represent and does this work for you or is this too much uh, i'll go to nicole this time um i actually didn't notice the beasts as much in these in these flashbacks as i did the like the ice shelf and it just kind of stuck with me as them being in this really low 
elevation and uh you know the whole thing of global warming i don't know if they're trying to bring that into this too like that's why these people yeah there's a global warming thing in here yeah that's why they got so flooded and they're talking about the levees and things like that kind of unnecessary for me i didn't really need that to get the story across like i'm pretty sure we can understand what's going on in these people's situation that we don't need like a literal visual of ice caps melting and dropping into the ocean and stuff so that's not my favorite from what i remember of the beast like uh, it's not leaving much of an impact on me is what i'm trying to say um mm-hmm. her literal beasts of her father and the shithole she lives in and him being abusive and the town well, those are figurative being... beasts the other beasts are literal beasts well, not really, because those other real, beasts though. are not tangible. <laughs> um, right, sure. Her, yeah. her literal beasts are right <laughs> in front of her where she lives, That to me. So I, I I don't need the correlation of the, in my mind, the figurative beasts. Because, well, to be honest, I fell asleep and didn't see her confront the beast at the end. So that doesn't really mean <laughs> anything to me. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. I, I, I offered to watch the next 15 minutes and you were just like, or the, tomorrow, and you were like, no, just, I'll stay awake, and then you promptly fell right to sleep. Like, I well, I think I, <laughs> I think I feel like I got the gist of what I needed to see from it, and that's just the type of movie watcher I am. I don't need to see the <laughs> I don't need it to see usually the, ruins the, it. the conclusion. <laughs> you don't have to see how it ends. Yeah. Uh, Alright, well, okay, uh, thoughts on the ice ice beasts. You know, I didn't. I I can I can kind of see where Nicole's coming from here. Is like I didn't really need that in this movie. I I understand that it's there to you know enhance the the flavor and to put a point across politically and also that she you know at the end she's she's left all alone and and this is now a thing. She's going to be. You know, the man. They talk about that in the movie. Are you the man? I'm the man. I'm the man. You know, her father sets her up as much as he can, sets her up to, you know, to to win in the world because she is such a strong person. And I think it's because of how she's brought up. I mean, I'm sure she has something in her that makes her that way. And I feel like this little girl, no matter what, more so than the other three people, little, little people that she's with, is is going to be a force to be reckoned with and probably in the real world in our real world not in the bathtub world so um you know it's i i like the beast because because they do enhance it somewhat but it's not something i have to think about a lot which was not which is nice um and the thing i like about them is how they come sometimes when you're in a fantastical movie uh Something we saw recently was very fantastical, and I couldn't grasp a lot of it because of that. But Pan's um, maybe, um, yeah. That the, this is something that it's sort of like, you know, we hearken to Rugrats, but this is really Ice Age, you know, happening right there. The movie Ice Age. So <laughs> I, I, I like Ray that. Romano is the mammoth. <laughs> yeah. Well, the squirrel and Ice Age. Very similar thing tone. We see. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we see him, you know, coming out of the ice and, you know, anyway. Um, All right. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Jess, do you have any thoughts on the beasts? Uh, I think the the fantasy aspect of the movie did, like, had no effect to me. If you took away, like, the giant hogs and the waterfall, <laughs> it it would be the exact same movie. I think, like, her confronting the, the beast was supposed to be this big revelation 
but I, I don't think it really held that for me. I don't really see the huge purpose in it because it's not like she ever had an internal struggle struggle with her in the beast and then she finally tackled it. I think it's just her just moving on with her life and learning. So I, I don't, if I didn't interpret it right, I don't know. It, it just didn't hit me hard at all. I didn't see the purpose. And um, I think this doesn't even seem like a fantasy movie except for that part. So I, it kind of gets me annoyed that this is this genre is fantasy when it I don't think it should be at all. Interesting. I I, I so be like the beasts are what make this like just a slice of life movie and like build in the they reinforce the larger themes that are in the movie and then do it in like a a multi layered way for me because the beasts are so we are introduced to the beast when the quake happens. And they're like right before the storm hits is when they're awoken. So the storm is, you know, there's a literal storm, and then there's a metaphorical storm of, you know, climate climate change is coming and it's awakening something and this something's coming for us. And the beast is like that. But the beast is also a wild animal, which we see very much in the middle is a very delicate balance of the wildlife. You know, they've how the the bathtub residents depend on it so much and i think it comes right in the pretty much the midpoint of the movie nicole's like how do i still have all this water like where are they getting all this stuff from and then it it cuts (laughs) right there too it cuts right Right. there uh two weeks after two weeks everything started to die and that's when they get desperate and that's when they have to go blow up the wall and i'm like right when you're starting to think like how do they still have anything well they don't have everything and it's because all the ecosystem shit's fucked up down there we see all the dead animals all the dead fish so the beasts are and that's the same time when we see the beasts are starting to struggle in like their quick little flashback points i guess it's something you probably pick up more when you watch it over and over again uh but then the beasts are also other people like they're the other society the when the beasts start eating each other in the flashback that's when we cut to the people from you know the what you would call like our regular society come and take them away to yeah yeah, to take them away to the place where they plug the people in the walls so the beasts are also the metaphorical like others and they're scary but when we meet them in the end they're not so scary they're 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 uh big and they're different and but really they're just we're not you know we're not all that different than the beast they're they're just as afraid of us as we are of them so i i like the multiple layers of the beasts that's another thing where i could keep going but we're pretty much at the end here i could go on but i will set us free <laughs> and uh let's give our final thoughts and if we recommend it or not let's start with jess my final thoughts probably the same as my initial thoughts um it was just it's a good it's a good movie i don't know there's a lot definitely a lot of things to talk about um like you said we could have a lot of creative discussions and it it gets very political so i appreciate it it has that perspective to it but i think one of the things that um sits with me the most or resonates with me the most is i think at least twice i remember this little girl saying like I want the world to know who I am or when someone looks back and sees mm. their community, they're going to know exactly hush puppy, who yeah. I was. And like once there was a hush puppy and she lived with her daddy in the bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was probably my, my favorite slice of character in this was just how strong willed she was and how she wants the world to really understand her. And I think that's where a lot of my frustration with the society is because like, Unless she escapes it and becomes like a TED Talk person, I don't know how that's going to be achievable <laughs> because it's all going to be washed away and whatever next natural disaster happens and she can't be like the 
full, the biggest person that she wants to be because she's so limited. Yeah, she she can exist beyond the bat. Some of the other residents, the bathtub is the right place for them, but someone like Hush Puppy could do more on the outside, the outside world. What do you do you have any final closing thoughts, Nicole? I mean, I thought that this was a, a good movie. I actually think that whether it was a political statement or if they opted not to go that route, I would honestly feel the same way about the movie um and meaning that the political aspects of this do not leave a lasting impact on me because it's just something that is so over the head of a lot of people um myself included i don't know how many people live this way and i don't know how many people are relieved of this situation i just don't i can't wrap my head around it so i think that even just watching this as a movie of people finding a way to live their everyday lives with what they have and who they have is enough of a sentiment for me to enjoy it where I don't need the the added parts of like the global warming aspect and things like that so yeah okay okay this is a movie that I would love to talk about forever for a lot of reasons um I'm a firm believer in nature will correct things. And I think that she's, she says something a couple of times in the movie about how everything is in its place and nature. And I don't know if she says nature, but the world, the universe requires everything to be in a certain way. I'm a little part of a big, big universe is yeah. at the end of that speech. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it happens a couple of times. She says something like that a couple of times. And um, anytime that there's a natural disaster, it's interesting that we as humans are always like, what are we doing to cause this? What are we doing? This is, I'm not saying that we're not doing anything, but I'm just saying this is nature and a powerful force. And it's the universe and a powerful force. And all of these things are something that we can't accept that we can't control. And that's just really human of us to do that. And that's a that's a that's where we fail a lot um so i think about these kind of things a lot these this this kind of this piece that i'm talking about right now is how we how control is completely elusive but that's something that we spend a lot of time trying to obtain so um and this movie brings out those conversations you'd have to recommend it to people who would be willing to have those conversations um which is probably an interesting set of people but I love that aspect of it. Something I didn't really talk about at all very much was her, how she is, a you know, this is not a fantasy movie, but there's pieces of her, her mother definitely and her that are fantastical. The fact that when the people were plugged in, she walked up to one of those individuals and was like, they're coming to get you now, or they're coming to get you soon, something like that. And so she so, yeah. she so understands the balance of, of life. And I don't think she lives in any sort of fear I mean, definitely not if she takes a helmet out and freaking blowtorches her dinner. It's pretty amazing. Her cat food um, dinner. Her, yeah, her cat food dinner. Daddy, uh, don't come home soon. Uh, I'm going to start eating my pets. Oh, I know, right? Oh, there should be so many things that I couldn't, that I don't like about this movie, including, you know, animals on the side of the road bloated and their heads being eaten, things like that. I really don't like Dude, the those way kind of things. Her, her uh, wink, not the best uh, food safety prep with that chicken. Just takes it out of a cooler. <laughs> Which is not oh, cold. Yeah. <laughs> All I wanted to know, yeah, it's like, how did that chicken get there? 
Well, we see at one point we see him running around catching chickens. <laughs> that's yeah, how they, but that's there's never a point where he's like plucking a chicken. All why is there only one? Why is it always one? It's almost like it's a universe where you wake up. Dinner in the morning. is one chicken. That's what he makes. <laughs> he makes one chicken on grill and then hands her the car carcass and then she eats it. <laughs> Uh, what came so. first, the chicken or the egg? In this case, it's the chicken because there's no <laughs> eggs for it to come from. <laughs> so, Wink does um, not strike me as yeah, patient enough for the eggs, but yeah. Right. Yeah, he wouldn't be patient enough to, fl- to pluck the chicken either, so I'm still a little perturbed by that. But um, yeah, I just think that there's it's, – it's a real – and I didn't talk at all about the performance of, of the actor, and I think that she's brilliant in this movie, and I don't – I can't imagine that – anybody else could have done anything better. I believed her the whole time she was doing this. And I really felt like I was watching somebody's really well-made home movie. So uh, with the exception of the giant wildebeest things. Um, yeah, I, I liked this film. I'd like to talk about it. I, I'll recommend it to people. Yeah, it's, uh, I think, the highest ranked movie that we've ever covered on my own personal list. I don't know if we'll ever do my favorites because I, I don't think I'm emotionally ready to handle people not liking it this one was a good choice though because i thought everyone would at very least like it and it sounds like everyone does to some degree like it so that's that is nice for me um yeah i think quenjane's performance is the best in the thousands of movies i've seen it is the best performance i've seen by a child actor especially one that's not even a teenager literally a child a five or six year old and this like i it's it's truly incredible um yeah, I could go on forever, but I won't because we don't have time. <laughs> so thank you guys for indulging me on my host pick for mm-hmm. Beasts of the Southern Wild. Yeah. You guys are always scared of my picks, but I have not recommended anything so horrible yet. There's nothing that you guys have to... Well, Nicole didn't like Love, Death, and Robots, but other than that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so coming up, we've got more... We've got a couple of 2021 movies out now that are streaming, and we try to get to the ones that are in th- th- theaters if we have enough people. I don't think that'll work for Jess because she's in the closed down section, but uh, I guess I, Jess will be our HBO Max person from now on. If there's an HBO Yay. Max, we'll bring <laughs> Jess on so she doesn't have to go to theaters out of state. Um, if you have anything to recommend to us, we st- will do recommendations coming up here. Films with the Women in My Life on Facebook. Reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore Potos. Instagram tournament still going on, so go check that out. See what movie's going to win for 2020. You can also email the show, filmswithwomen at gmail.com and we're also on Twitter at filmswomenpod. Thank you guys for being on. Thank You're you. Until the next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore Podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.